Now let's talk about him for a minute. So let's do this. As the screen said, we're in the parable the video talked about. We're going to keep going on with that today. So do this. Take your Bible, if you have it, and turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. We had one person who was excited about that. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Luke chapter 15. If you're new here, we go to the Bible every week. We do that every, it's kind of strange, I know, some churches, they don't do that, but we do it every week and we believe the Bible. We believe it's, it's the book God wrote to us and, uh, and we want to try our best, best with our ability to walk in it and obey it and live it and uh, learn more about this great God who loves us through it. And so uh, and we'll talk about it today. But Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32, this today will be the longest parable as far as length and verse is that we will we'll talk about through this series. And, uh, and as we read it today, I, I, I hope you won't do this because this parable that we're going to talk about today and unpack is probably the most popular parable, probably one of the most popular stories in the world, period. I mean, you can go about anywhere to any place, countries, any different nationalities, different places, and most people have heard the story of what we call the prodigal son. And, uh, and so I, I hope you won't just do this today. I hope you won't say, oh, I know this one, and then kind of just, you know, kind of just go to another place in your mind until I pray at the end. Don't do that. Stay with me today because I believe this. I believe the, the Word will just even bring some new life, some new understanding, some revelation to your, to your knowledge of this, this, this text. And so even though you may have heard this before, you may have seen this acted out on the flannel graph. Amen. Any flannel graph? Christians in here who uh, go way back, amen. All right, you see the little, on the, on, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. We used to have a flannel board that had little men on it and little, little, little figures, and we would do it. Some, oh, man, you put it up there. And this one was a good one to act out because the teacher could get excited. You could, you know, you could take, take the daddy and you could take the son and kind of push them down the flannel graph board. It was just, it was just good, man. Anyway, that was an illustrated message back in the day. So that's what that was. So but, uh, so, but just even if you've heard this and you've seen it acted out on the board, stay with me because it's good. Amen. A lot of reading. <clears throat> so uh, follow along best you can. And when you got it, say amen. Let's do it. Verse 11. Then he said, now he is Jesus. It said that a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pies that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise, go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose, came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to the father, said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in your sight am no longer worthy to be called your son. But, I love that, but the father said to his servants, 
bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field, and then as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And so he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Wow. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I have transgressed your commandment and at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. That's a cool, cool story. Let's thank God for it. God, thank you for your word. God, I thank you, Lord, for the truths that lie in it, God. And I pray today, Father, that our hearts will be open today, God, and we'll be honest about who we are in this story, God, who you've called us to be, what you want to do with us. And I just pray, Lord, today, Father, as we unpack a very popular word, God, we just won't take for granted the truths that lie in this book and in this story today, God. And I just declare today, Father, that you are good all the time. You're good to us. And, Lord, I pray today we will get a glimpse of your glory, a glimpse of your, your, your love for us, and a glimpse of who you are as Father and as Daddy. We ask this today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Tell your neighbor, say, this is a good story. You need to listen. <clears throat> Amen. You need to listen today because this is, this is good stuff. Again, this is probably the most popular parable ever told. I mean, let me, ask, let me just, I want to do this real quick. By a show of hands, who's heard of the, the prodigal son? Okay, who's heard this? Has anybody not heard the story? You ain't got to raise your hand. But is, I mean, most of us have, have heard this and we know something about it. But today I hope that we'll really be open as we talk about everybody in the story. I grew up in church, and we only talked about part of this story. Uh, for a long time, I didn't even know there was a second part of this story. I, I, I just heard about that first son and how much of an idiot he was, and, and, uh, and he was, and we'll talk about it. But just I, just, I didn't know the whole story. So today, I hope you'll hang in there with me to the end as we look at this. But we, uh, in, this, in this parable series, we've been taking this story that has a, a, just a small story but has this huge, big idea, big meaning that we need to apply to our life. And so in this text, in this story today, I, I believe this is another opportunity for God to show this. Is. He's been showing us his character. Man, and I, that, is, that, is, that is really awesome. He gives us a glimpse inside of his, his, I guess, in the best way that we can see, his heart that he has for his family and for his people. We begin to see him in, in, this, in the character of who he is. And these parables, I mean, it's been several. Just in week, week six of these parables, we've heard several times that God refers to himself as father. 
I mean, he literally is trying to paint this picture of himself as daddy. And I understand that as we look at this, I've, I've talked to several people about this. When we talk about going to this place and seeing God as father, that brings up different emotions in folks. And, and, it, and it will do things in some people because of a relationship they have with their father. Some people didn't even have a relationship with him. They didn't even have a father in their life. And sometimes this gets carried over and brought into our view of who God is. And I, I believe this. I believe the enemy uses this so much. I believe this is why he is so out to destroy family. I, I, I really, this is why he tries to call division among that and, and separate the father and the mother and, and have division there. I heard a statistic that just blew my mind. 43% of children in our nation today, they will do this. They'll go to bed without daddy in the house. 43%. Man, that's tough to think about. It's why that when our men get together, I'm just constantly drilling and I'm just constantly saying, men, love your wife. Men, love your children. Men, do these things because I want to create, in in our kids that are growing up, I want them to see. And I don't want us, this generation, to do what some generations before us have done. They've missed the opportunity to really show their kids a loving dad, a loving father, and represent Christ in the home. But it's what we're called to do, and, I, and, and that's what we're supposed to do. We also see this. We're able to look at these stories and find out more about us. Now, it's fun talking about God and, and understanding the, and, and getting that revelation of his love and, and who he is as daddy. I, that is awesome. That's exciting. That gets more amens usually as, you, as a preacher. And as I've shared the God's word, it usually gets people more excited because he is this loving father. And we're going to all be going to lay it out today. But these parables do this for us. They reveal to us who we are. They reveal to us our, our, our character and our, our nature and, and begin to show us deep down who we are, uh, not who we, who we try to act like we are. Ah, oh, come on with me. Get, stay with me. I told you. Come on. Thank you. But, but seriously, the, the, we, not who we act like we are, but who we really are. But it also does this. Who, it shows us who we can be. Ah, oh, man, I love that. And it shows us who we are in him. So today in this parable, there's three characters in the stories that I really want us to look at and unpack today. So as we look at this, this first character in the story we see is a father. All right? And then he, this father, has two sons. And, 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 and as we look and, and, and unpack this story today, I, I want us to really be open to, to all the characters in this. I, I want us today that our heart will be open to learn more about each one. Really, because if we learn more about each one of these characters in this story, it'll reveal more to us about who we are. And it'll, it'll do this. It'll put us in a position to change our world. I really, I really feel that. So today as we unpack these things, let's look at the first character in the, in, in the story. The first character we see is Father. You, you, you hear some of the stories and, and some of the, the attributes of him in here. He's an amazing dad. He just is. I mean, you know, this is a father who has these sons. He has been providing for them. He has inheritance laid up for them. He has done his work. He's been faithful. He's done what he is called to do. He has, he has put money in a position to be able to hand to his children one day. That's a pretty cool dad. He has these resources available. He has land that he's going to pass down to them. He has finances that he is one day when he passes away will be put in their hands and then they will be able to walk in that. That is just cool. That's a dad. We, I believe that was in this story. One of the coolest things about that I really do like in the story and sometimes we overlook it was the simple fact that he was there. 
Oh, come on. Come on, fathers. If, if you're a father, you, you, sh- you should really get with me for just a moment. He was there. He was a part of this, this family's life. He, he, he was not left out somewhere. He was just not out doing his thing. When this son needed to talk to his daddy, his daddy had, was available to him, and he was able to walk up to him and have a conversation with his daddy. He was approachable. I love that. I love the picture that he paints here of himself as this father who loves his children, who is a part of their life. Then as any time they need something from him, they are able to do this, just walk in and talk and have this conversation with him. Man, sometimes I think we feel like he's so far away. I think we sometimes feel like he is so, we're so disconnected from him and he doesn't hear our cry and he doesn't hear what we have to say. But in this story, you have this father and this son who are able to have a relationship with one another. And I just love the fact that this son can just come talk to him anytime. That's cool. I also love in the story that as we look at this, that I don't believe that, and if we know as we understand the character of God, we know he didn't drop the ball in parenting. All right, he's the best daddy there is. He's the best father that there is. He, he's, he is a father who loves us. But even though he has done this and he has loved this child, he has been there for this child, made himself available for this child, had a relationship with his son, he still had a son that rebelled. That's tough. I, th- I think sometimes we beat ourselves up and we wear ourselves down as parents and we, we sometimes put too much pressure on ourselves. And if things happen, sometimes our kids don't react to our love like we want them to react and don't respond how we want them to respond. We get upset with ourselves. But this is what we're called to do. We're called to love. We're called to teach. We're called to, to raise them up and to teach them the ways of God, to bring them up. The Bible says in the fear of God and in the admonition, the teachings of the Lord. So that's what we're called to do. What they do with that, we really have no choice. Some of you parents understand that. Some of you parents loved your kids. You did everything you could for your kid. You've poured every amount of, 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 of your finances. You've done all these things for them, and yet sometimes still they made this decision to walk away, and that's tough. And that's what we see in this first son here in the story. Son number one does this. Son number one has a dad who loves him, who is there for him, who has made himself available, who has provision for him, who has the things that he needs in life to meet his need. He has the things he, he has at his disposal, the finances, the, the, the means to supply. He gives him a roof. He gives him clothes. He gives him things to wear, things to eat. He has all these things that he's made available to him. And look at what the first son does in the story. He basically walks up to daddy and says this in, in, in so many words. He says that I wish you were dead. I didn't hear that part. I thought it said that, give me my money. No, because basically this is what happens. When the father does this, when the father passes away, his inheritance immediately will go into the son's life. But he does this. He says that I want to do this. I want to go ahead and get mine. And so basically it's as if for me now, you're dead. It's tough. And in the story, this is what he wants to do, and I see this sometimes in, in our lives and in my life. I do this. I want the things of God without having the relationship with God. Oh, y'all ain't with me today. Come on. I, either that or I'm heavy on y'all's toes, okay? But, but we do this. We, 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 we want to have this. We want to have everything that God's made available for us. I want those things, God, but I don't want a relationship with you. 
And that's what he's saying to his dad. Yeah, thank you for all the stuff that you have for me, but basically, I just want the stuff. I don't want to remain in covenant with you. I don't no longer want to do this. I'm tired and I'm sick of serving you. That's what it does because you'll find out in the story their daily life basically got up and they served. They got up and they went out and they worked. And this, this son come to the place to where he no longer wanted to live for this daddy any longer. He no longer wanted to do these things for his father. He wanted to go ahead and get the finances without having this place of relationship and covenant with him. So he does this. He walks up to his daddy and he says, Daddy, will you give me mine? And, uh, and this is for me, I guess, is one of the interesting parts of the story. Uh, the, the scripture says that he does this. The scripture says that he divides to them. Sometimes we ever look at him, we think this other son doesn't have anything and he gets the bad end of the deal. No, the scripture here says that he divided to them. So he does this. This this son asks for the finances. He gives to them. He divides it up to the sons, their share, and then he does this. He walks away, and and, and, and this is tough. I don't believe it was in that moment, in that place, it was the father's will to give him those finances there. I just, I mean, I, I don't. And, and sometimes we look at it and say, why does this happen? And why does this happen in my life? And why do I have to go through these things? A lot of these things we ask for. Man, that one just slipped right out. I wasn't even in my notes. Some of these things we ask for. Some of these things we ask for by the way we do or we live our life and some of the things that we ask for. And we are not in a relationship with this daddy. And because we're not in a relationship with this daddy, sometimes we go up to him and look at him as sugar daddy instead of father. And instead of saying, God, what is it that you have for my life? What is it that I should be walking in? We look at scriptures and talk about delighting yourselves in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. We don't want to delight ourselves in God, but we want the desires of our heart. Scripture says this, you delight yourself in him, then he'll give you the desire. I believe we have that thing totally messed up. I believe the prosperity message today has been so screwed up and so messed up and taken away so far from the truth. I believe this. I believe the longer you delight yourself in God, the longer he'll do this. He'll put what that desire should be in your heart. And then you'll find yourself no longer desiring some of the things that you want, but you desire to have a relationship and a covenant with daddy, and you want to get in that secret place, and you want to start spending more time with him. You'll start finding yourself going down the road by yourself, praising God and worshiping and lifting up this God all by yourself because you understand some things. Ah, oh, come on. You understand some, It's not about you anymore. But he didn't understand this. He comes up and he asks this from his dad. And so this is tough, and I want you to see it. He comes up and asks dad for the money. And then after he'd done this, I, I, I just I feel like according to the scripture, this is kind of what takes place. It says not many days afterwards. So he gets the money. He has this stuff in hand, and then he starts planning and making the way his way of escape. I think he starts, I think he starts kind of looking at the situation, and, and it says not many days later, he makes a break for the door. And, and, and he, he, he walks away. And, and you got to see this. He, he gives him the money, and then he just walks out the door. And I don't know. I, I just, again, these, these, these parables really take me there sometimes. I can see this. I can see this father not being what he wanted to do, not, not really being what he was wanting to put in his hands yet because he knew he wasn't ready, but, but he stood there, and this son that he loved, this son that he had made all provision for, that he knew, he knew this, he's, he's father, he knows these things, he knew if he would stay in connection and covenant with him, he would be able to meet his need. But yeah, he does this. 
Bible says that he walks away. And, and I love the scripture. It makes things very clear. It says he goes away to a far country. I mean, you got to hear that. You, it, it just, I mean, he's literally, he's doing this place, and the scripture's saying he is going away to this far country. I believe the Bible's trying to show us that, that in the story, he was as far away as he could be. I, I really feel like that they're, just, they're just constantly trying to drill. Jesus is trying to get the point driven home that this guy was far away from daddy. He was so far away from father. He was out of this relationship with him. And then the scripture says this. He, he does this. He gets into his own mindset, and he begins to do his own thing with now what he feels like is his. Hmm. <laughs> Scripture says, this is where we get the word from, the, the word prodigal. It says that he begins to, to waste the money on prodigal living. Prodigal there is just wasteful. He do wasteful living. He does this, and he just begins to spend this money that was provided for by daddy on himself. It's my money now. I can do what I want to with it. Oh, come on. Come on, it's my stuff now. Matter of fact, he even probably did this. I worked for a long time for daddy, so I get to do this because I should. Because, I mean, I'm his son. I, I've done this. I, I spent time in the field. I went out and done things, and I took care of stuff, and I got up early. I set the clock. I milked the cows. I got the eggs out from underneath the chickens. I got up every, I worked hard for this. This is now my money. I should be able to do what I want to with my money. It's my money. Oh, I'm all by myself on the stage today. I feel it. <clears throat> but that's okay. And so he makes this decision, and then he goes forth. And on wasteful living, on wasteful living, no, he didn't take this money and put it where it should be. He didn't take it and invest it how it should be. He didn't take it and sow back, give back. He didn't do any of these things. On his own terms, living his life on his own way, doing his own stuff, he begins to be so far away from God, he finds himself, and this is where it's interesting, he finds himself in a pig pen. So you've got to see how, 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 how much is being said here in this. In this culture, I mean, they didn't, they didn't eat pig. Man, them jokers are missing out tell you they are missing out on some bacon amen and and but they miss, they did not eat matter of fact this was an unclean animal they didn't touch so, you know i mean this is serious business they didn't touch this they didn't do anything to this and then this is how far he gets away from daddy he gets so far away from father, has done his thing on his own terms in his own way for so long, he finds himself in this position, is completely spent. Bible says he has nothing left. A famine hits the land. Sound like today, kind of what's going on with the economy. Everything just bottomed out and crashed. And yet he does this. He finds himself now feeding the thing that he once despised. He finds himself now feeding the thing that he once saw as unclean. When you get away from Father, those things that used to be something that you shouldn't do, you know, it used to be a big deal. And I, I, it used to be to me that I didn't want to look at that stuff. And I didn't want to touch those things. And I didn't want to go down that road. I didn't want to hang with that crew. Some of the things that used to be bad, that we used to consider holiness, when you get far away from Daddy, those things will, that, that you once despised and looked at as unclean will be the very things that you begin to feed. 
Come on, young people hear me today. Help, help me. Help me with this seriously. You'll do it. You know, you hear in the, the youth pastor's message. He's speaking truth to you. And, and then you've got to come to a place one day that you say, I'm, I, I can't do this. I can't go into this place. Pastor's preaching the word. He's sharing the truth with you. And he's trying to get us down this direction. And you're looking at life and you're saying, that's right. I'm not going down that road. But what happens is when you get away from daddy, all of a sudden you'll find yourself in this place and you'll look around and you'll say, man, how in the world did I get here? Man, I've been there. That's tough. How did I get in this position? How did I find myself in this place? And it didn't just happen overnight. He didn't jump on a plane, take this two-hour flight to this faraway country. This is a journey. He was on foot. He was, he was so literally he began to walk away from father. Literally, he began to walk away from daddy. And with each step, began to get further and further away from him. And then the scripture says he comes to this place. He looks at himself, and in and, and verse 17 says it. Put that up, Tim. He says that he came to himself. He came to himself. That he, he come to this place in his mind. He looked around and was feeding these things that he used to hate, spent everything he had, and he finally realized, man, I got to do some, diff- some things different. I got to, some, some stuff's got to change for me. And, and as, as I look at this, I sometimes put these things in modern, modern uh, uh, I guess, uh, mind when I begin to think about some of these stories. It's almost as if today I could see this story unfolding as the dad watched the father's Facebook page. Come on, just stay with me. Because we, most of us can relate to this, this, this thing. I, I think he did this. The father, because again, he's able to watch the son. He knows where you're at. He knows what's going on. He knows what you're doing. He knows what you're dealing with. And so it's almost like it's this father. He watches him walk away, and he walks over into this computer screen, and he gets in front of the screen, and he just begins to watch these posts happen about his son. The son is out there. Woo-hoo! I'm, I'm, I've told you, I'm going to start using woo-hoo and a whole lot more of my, my status. I just think that's awesome. He, he, woo I'm out with the boys tonight. Woo-hoo. I'm out with the girls tonight. Woo-hoo. Oh man, we having a black. We hitting it up tonight. Mmm. One status just all I said was mmm. That's all I said. Just mmm. But if I was looking, he said, I know. I know what he's doing. And he's looking at this, and he said, drinks are on me tonight. Come hang out. Looking for a good time. Call son number one. (laughs) Tagged himself in it. Here it was. (laughs) Hit me up, me and you. And the father, he was sitting back, and he was looking at all this thing begun to unfold. You know this had to break his heart. It's funny, but, it's, but, but you know, it had to break his heart. It had to hurt his heart because he knew that it meant if he had stayed underneath my house, I could give him all the fun he needed. See, some of y'all don't know what real fun is. Some of y'all never really got up underneath the glory. You ain't really got up underneath his presence. And so as a result, you don't know what real fun is, so you try to find other things to replace and show you what fun. Now, until you really get underneath the presence of God, you don't know what real joy and happiness is, so you begin to look for other things and other ways to live that. And so in this story, he's living his life. And all of a sudden, he begins to see the tone change 
in the statuses. Hold on. Where's everybody at tonight? Where, where my boys at? Hey, where's the girls at? So where, do, where, are where are you guys at? I, come on, come hang out with me. Hook me up. Uh, drinks on you tonight. Nobody responded to that one. Nobody showed up. They didn't get any comments, no likes on that status. Because nobody, seriously, you'll, you'll find it. If you have something, if you're, you're the one doing these things, you got friends then. You'll find out who your real friends are when you're in the, in the pig, in the pig pines, uh, swine and you're down there in the pit and you nasty, you messed up, jacked up. That's when you'll find out who really loves you and who cares for you. See, that's where you'll find it. And, and he finds himself in this place. And then he, it, it just gets real ugly. I was unable to pay my phone bill. So this will be my last post. And then you have this moment, you have this place where everything has changed for this guy. He finds himself lost with everything that he once had. Everything that was put in his hands by daddy, everything that was placed in his possession, he's now without it. And he finds himself feeding this thing. The Bible says that he comes to himself. I love, I love the scripture. I love the story because he, he just does this. He has this mindset now. He said, I'm going to go back home with daddy and just maybe he'll let me in the door and be one of the servants. That's what the enemy wants to do for you for some of you today. Some of you may not be in that place of really relationship with God. And, and so you think today that you, maybe if, if you responded, maybe if you listen, maybe he'll let you come in. Maybe just be this. Now, listen, I, I love how the dad responds to this story. I love what happens because this is what could took place. Because of what he done, the rebellion that took place by this son, he could have beat him. That was one of the provisions in the law. You, you, you do this to your, your, your father. You disrespect your father. This way. You could do this. He could, he could just totally dissed him in front of everybody when he walked into the place, had nothing to do with him. He could have done this. There was one provision in there to where he could do this. He could kill him. You understand that? I mean, <laughs> do you understand how serious this, this how, how awesome this father really is? How much power is at his disposal? He could have disowned him. He could have shamed him. He could have killed him. He could have done all these things. But after that last post, come across the screen. And he says, I won't, I'll no longer be able to, to, to give you the updates in my life any longer. I believe really during those times, the father really started looking and said, maybe he'll come home. Maybe he'll come home. Maybe he'll see that how much I really do love him. Maybe he'll see that he can't do this without me. Oh, if we could ever see that. If we could ever see that we can't do this without him. There's no way. And then his son begins to make his way. He changes his mindset. He comes to himself. He comes to himself in this, in this pig pen. He looks around. He says, man, this is a mess. This is, this is junk. And he says, I'm, I'm going home. He begins to turn and go back away. And this took a while. He was far away. And he began to make this, this, these steps toward this. And you know how what happens a lot of times. When you're in that place and, and the things that begin to roll through your mind, he's probably thinking, I wonder if he's going to take me out. I wonder if he's going to make a public example of me because of what I've done. I wonder if he's going to kill me. Oh, man, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to beg and I'm going to plead and maybe he'll let me be like one of the higher servants and at least just give me something to eat. But the daddy does this. The daddy's at the door. 
Love it. He's at the door. The Bible says he stands at the door and knocks. He's there. He's at its door. And he's, he's at this place. And he's looking. I believe he goes out. I believe he, he looks out the window. And he's, he's just, man, maybe this will be the day that he comes back home. It's during those times for us, I believe that's when the Spirit's working on us and drawing us to him. And, and then we have to come to the place and wonder if I should really submit to this drawing in my heart. Should I go back to the Father? Would he accept me? Would he, do, would he let me back in? And, the, and, and, the, and I love it. Scripture says that he'd done this. He got up, was looking for him, saw him a far away off. I think, again, it throws that word back in there. He sees him from far away. And he doesn't do this. He doesn't start going through his mind. I wonder uh, how many ways I can beat him before I get him back up in this. I said, that would be me. I'm going to... But he looks and he sees him and he takes off running towards the sun. Now, you, again, culturally, you've got to understand this. It, it is still that way today. These guys don't run. This is it's a, literally, it's a show of weakness. It's a show that, that you know, that, that, that you, you, you look at these guys in this day, these fathers, they were respected people who did not run. And you, I mean, seriously, if you're running, somebody, somebody either chasing you, you done done something you're trying to get away from. I mean, you don't run in this thing. You don't, but yeah, he does this. He takes this, and again, they, this garb that they wear, it was long flowing. He picked it up. And the scripture says that daddy takes off running. Got to see what's going on in the son's mind. Oh, dear Lord, that joker had been waiting on me. He was, oh, good Lord, have mercy. You know, just... You know, just bracing himself. I mean, for this wearing out, this whipping that he's getting ready to receive. He begins to, I can almost see him. He probably tenses himself up and he looks and he's straight. And all of a sudden, this daddy, he thought it was going to wear him out. Scripture says, falls on him and embraces him. <laughs> what? You're kidding me, dude. You took my money did your own thing with it, found yourself in a mess. He wasn't clean either. He didn't stop off and, 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 and swing by the suds and duds and, 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 and run himself through the car wash. He didn't get himself clean. The joker was nasty. He was smelling. He had been with pigs. He wraps his arms around him and I love what happens. He begins to kiss him. kisses him. He, he, he shows love to him. Fathers, we should always show love to our kids. They're never too old. Seriously. I mean, they, they're never too old. They, they, they may act like you get on your nerves, you know, they, you know when you hug them or give them, but deep down, they love that. I still love it, man. I'm 41. When my dad comes and I, or I see him, he puts his arms around me. I love that. It's awesome. You need to be careful when you do it. Don't run out the dugout. When they hit a home run, don't go catch them in the end zone waiting on them when they're coming up. Now, don't do that. Don't, that's the wrong place. But after the game, man, give them a hug. Kiss them. Do that. Do that. Show them love. Let them see that from you, from the Father. Let them get, see that side of you. So many times we're so hard. Let them see that other side of you. Let them see that, that side that loves. And then he, he, he does this. He begins to kiss them. And in this culture, you've got to see this. The, the son would do this. When the son fell off, when he disrespected daddy, 
he would bring a gift to him. You understand that? I mean, he would come because he knew it. Again, you, some of the cultures, man, it was amazing. He messed up, so he brings this gift to him. But what does he have to bring him? Nothing. Nothing. He brings him a smelly, nasty self. That's it. He brings himself a dirty, messed up young person who has been through so much and who has found himself where he can't make it on his own. He just literally, all the thing he can bring him is himself. I love it. He didn't like, where's my gift, son? To him, the son was the gift. You're the gift today. You're the gift that God wants to put his arms around and love. And in this story, he begins to go on. Just for time's sake, we'll hit it. He puts this robe on him. He clothes him. He clothes him. This is the robe, again, he provides. He, he, he puts a ring on him. This is a sign of authority. This is a sign of, they would, this is how they would sign checks. They would have this ring. He basically did this. He gave him a credit card and a debit card to the account. He said, I want you to do this. I want you to put him back on the records. Everybody was like, what? You know what he did with the left? I want you to put him back on the records. I want you to do this. And then he does my favorite. Killed it and eat it, son. I love that. That's just, you, that's just good stuff. He kills the fat calf, and then he says, we're going to have this party. And they begin to celebrate. And, and then the story changes, and this is where we ended a lot of times. We do the altar call like this. In my old church, oh, back in the day, we'd do the altar call right there because everybody in the room was messed up. Seriously, you messed up that week, and you had to get right that week. You had to, and you had no choice. So we ended the story right there, but the story doesn't stop right there. The story goes on to say that there was a second son. Now look at the second son. This first one was a rebellious uh, son who took the, the things that the father had provided and walked out the door and spent it all. Look at the second son. He's the son that's got it all together, right? Let's see. Let's find out. This second son does this. The scripture says that he was out working in the fields. He was working. Now, again, I, I feel like there's a lot of things there. I feel like as a son, he knew what his role was, and he was working and serving. See, I mean, that's it. I, I feel like as sons and daughters of God, we see who Father is. We know how much he's done for us. We realize that we can't do anything without him, and so we do this. We work. It's why we are constantly saying, get connected, get serving, get plugged in, live your life, serve him at, 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 at the office place, at school, guys, serve God, at home, serve God, because as, far, as children, as sons and daughters of God, we should work. We should work. Scripture's full of things in the Bible where we should work. You know, our faith without works is dead. We are, we are given grace to, and we're given love for good works. We're just supposed to work. It's just what we're supposed to do. It's what we should do. And so he does this. He has been out working, and then he finds himself coming home. Been a busy day. He had been out working and doing his stuff, and then he begins to walk to this place of home. And then as he gets closer, he begins to smell barbecue. Mm, and that, I don't know, he should have got excited about that because that's a big deal. I mean, I'm telling you, they don't just, we, we just eat all the time now, man. People eat every day, stop, run through the drive through just getting and eating, man. We're so consuming nowadays in, in how we eat and how we live our life. This is a big deal then. And he smells it. The big calf, baby, has been on the grill. And instead of getting excited, he's like, what's that for? Dun, 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 the music, I mean, it's exciting. and I mean, all this stuff's going on. 
And he was, don't, don't even go there. He said, and, 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 and he's like, man, what's going on? And, it, and he, it, it's, a, it's a trip. You would think, you would think he would be so excited. I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, you would think he'd be so excited about this that, man, hold on, hold on. What, what, what's happening? One of the servants runs up to him and he begins to tell him, Man, you're not going to believe this. You know your, you know your brother. Yeah, idiot. He's home. Right then, man, his response should be, dude, you got to be kidding me. Man, that's awesome. Went in there, man, got him some piece of fat calf. I mean, got in there and just cut a rug. I mean, but, but no. Nah. No, he, he looks at the store, and then, and then he gets really ticked off. And in verse 29, you got to see what he does. Listen, listen to his mindset. His father comes to him and says, dude, you've you got you to see what's happening. And then he says this. He says, so he answered, said to his father, lo, these many years I've been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment at any time. You lying joker. See, there ain't no way he could have done. There ain't no way he's lived his life, all done all these things, and lived this way that he's never transgressed his father in any way. But he says he does. And I've been out working, and I've been out serving, and I've never transgressed your commandments. And never at any time have you ever done this for me. Never at any time have you killed a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. Oh. As you look at the story, now this. For just one moment, let's, let's look at how one responds. The love is made available for both. Provision is made available for both. One responds with rebellion, and the other responds with religion. You have one here who's clearly unrighteous. I mean, it's just to get, this jugger was unrighteous. He, he went out and he'd done his thing. He wanted to live his life on his own terms, doing his thing his own way, and he was wrong. Clearly. He needed the Father's love. He needed to come to himself and find himself in this place. And he had to recognize that he couldn't do this on his own terms. But then you have this other, other son who responds to the, the Father's love in this way. I'm serving I have never transgressed your commandments. I, I haven't done these things, and I haven't, I haven't went out and spent your money. I haven't done this stuff. He somehow thought that the Father's love that he had, that he earned. He, he somehow found himself in this place that he thought because he'd done the good things, then he deserved the love. I just got good news for you, man. Again, you should work, you should serve, you should do all these things, but nobody in this room deserves God's love. It's called grace. And he extends this to us. And he extended grace to both of the sons. And you had one son who was clearly, he was, he was just immoral. He was doing his things. You had this other guy, he was moral, he was doing his stuff. You had one lazy out spending. You had the other hard at work doing his stuff. You had one who had this blatantly, clearly outward sin. His Facebook pictures proved it. But you had this other son who was struggling on the inside. Tried to cover it up. Tried to make himself sound better than what he really was. You had this one son who's clearly living this life of rebellion. 
unrighteousness. And then you had this other one who, because of his self-righteousness, thought he deserved what he had. Listen to me today. This story speaks to all of us. And i got to ask the question, which one are you? You know, because here's the truth. Now, you, now, again, you might be in this place today. You might be in covenant with this father, and you might be in a relationship, and you might have a, a good angel story, man. Pastor Ralph, that was a good story that you shared. You might have one of those good stories today because you're in that fellowship right now with God. But you know, we all have a tendency to go in one of those directions. You got one that judges and one that points a finger at everybody else and, and talks about how much of an idiot his brother is and how screwed up his life is and how jacked up he is and how messed up his world is. And he's saying that I'm awesome. I'm the man. I'm working. I'm doing all this stuff. You know, we also we have a tendency to go one or the other. For some of you, the tendency is when you do this, you come to this place and you see that God's love's there for you. Some of you have the tendency to do this, to rebel against that. And to take it out and do your own thing. And to go your own direction. To spend your money, spend it because it's yours. To live your life because it's mine. To walk out and do yourself because this is yours. For me, I have a tendency to lean more, uh, I guess what I would call religious. I was a kid, I mean, I, I feared God and my daddy. Both. He loved me and put his arms around me, but he also would, would, would put something else on me. And then would let mama put something else on me. He encouraged her to do it a lot because I don't think he wanted to kill us when he did it, man. <laughs> so I was fearful growing up in, 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 very, in, in very much way. I, I didn't do a lot of stuff, man. Some people would come to me and have these stories about what they've been through and what they've, they've done. And, and for me, man, I, I was the kid who got made fun of in school who had my Bible wearing Christian T-shirts before any of that stuff was cool. See, none of that stuff was cool back then. Nowadays, you got braces, you got shirts, you got a tire, man. You got a tire. I had a shirt, man. My shirt was about this, uh, an AM gospel station. That was it. And, and it had a big eye and a, and a heart that said gospel music on it. AM, 760, whatever it was, dude. Who wears that kind of stuff, man? I did. I walked into school and laid my red King James Bible on my desk. I thought I was awesome. I started Bible study during lunch at school. And, and this is what was cool. The Bible study grew, man. We started at a lunch table. And, and at the lunch table, we started reading the Bible and started sharing. It, it began to grow and we began to put tables together. And, and, and one of the teachers come up and said, can you move this to a room? We moved into the chorus room of Carolina High School. And during lunch, in the, in the, in the chorus room of Carolina High School, we began to have Bible study and this thing began to grow. It was really cool. It was exciting. I thought I was awesome. Listen to me. Did God want to do all those things through me? Yes. Did he want to do a whole lot more through me? Yes. Does he still today? Yes. But when I get into a place of self-righteousness or pride, it does this. It stops the flow that God wants to do in our life. When I ever come to a place, when I begin to realize that it's my righteousness and not his, it's always because of what Christ done for me. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this. I love this scripture. For he made him who knew no sin. This is what God did for us through Jesus Christ. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. If we're righteous, it's because we're in him. 
If we have any good thing, it's because we're in him. If you're in the place and you're, you're a son one a day and you're a boss and you've, you've done this and you've gotten so far away from this father who loves you, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It's his righteousness that brings you home. It's his love. It's his father who's standing at the door, looking and out and just waiting on you, waiting to go place his arms around you and love you like only a father can. That is the only way that will happen. But this is what we have to do. He has to come to himself and come to his mind and say, I can't live this way any longer. Which son are you? Which son should we be? Which son should we be? This is what, this is what son we should be. We should be like son number three. We should be like the son telling the story. We should be like that son because that son did this. That son submitted to the father's will. He struggled with it sometimes, yes, but he submitted to the father's will. This son did this. He didn't point fingers at everyone else. The Bible says that he looked out across the crowds of people who were messed up and said, man, he had compassion for them. That's the son I want to be like. When he looks out and sees someone who's hurting, <clears throat> he sees someone in need. They brought people to him, caught in the act of adultery, threw him in front of him, and he forgave them and loved them. Wow. Dude, I want to be like that. I hear some cool stuff about this church and how you love on each other and, 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 and do things for one another. Man, that's how, this, that's how it should be. Is that self-righteousness or are you trying to say, nah. We're supposed to do these things, but we can only do it because of what Christ did for us when he became sin for us, who died for us, who loves us. And this is what's awesome. The father loved both of the sons the same. He loved them the same. He, did, he, didn't, lo he didn't love the one who was doing this thing more than the other. And I think this is how this works. <clears throat> I told you early in this, in this series that some of these stories are open-ended. We, we, <clears throat> we make our own conclusion. Story doesn't say if the second son came in or not. We kind of have to believe that by all accounts he didn't. Because he said, I'm not going in. He, he said... Again, you hear this. He hears the story of what's happening. He said, I'm not going in. Wow. I don't know today. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your tendency is. I don't know which way you lie, which way you swing more. You go more in this direction or you go more in that. But listen to me. This is what you got to hear today. The Father loves you. And if you'll ever come to the place, you'll ever make up in your mind, it's a whole lot better underneath his presence than outside of it. God will do this. He'll wrap his arms around you. And he'll love you and he'll call you his son.